Good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast in progress. Here we go. Big night tonight. A little bit late getting to you. We have a couple of videos we're processing. Lots of stuff to talk about, including Dan Mullen's comments tonight out of Tampa. And we've got interviews with the folks over at Five Star World, over at Vanguard High School uh, and Coach Evan Farmer. Stand by. It's Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday right here on the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. You ready, champ? I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> But that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast on the Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. It's been a busy day, starting with our trip out to Vanguard High School. We'll be talking to you about that in just a moment. A couple of interviews with some young men who may or may not be Gators next year, but we'll find out. And uh, Coach Farmer opened up the whole joint to us, had a chance today to Brendan Martin and I and Todd Swearingen to go in and um, and see what was going on. Also on the program tonight, we're going to find out what Dan Mullen said in Tampa. You know, he was speaking down to the Gator Club down there tonight, and there's been some interesting tweets out of there, and their live reporting was our own Graham Hall. I say he's our own because we claim him. He's our Minister of Information. Graham will join us later in the show, and we will talk about what he heard. Also, a comment that was made that no doubt will be taken out of context and misunderstood, as seen by Cassidy Hill and Cassie's thought the same thing I thought when she saw it. I'm going to tell you about that. We're going to talk to Cassidy in just a minute, too. So it's going to be a busy, busy night. I just want to say this before we start. Sometimes you have to go and see for yourself. This is what reporters do. So with all the clamor around the whole decommit thing with Chris Steele and the subsequent recommit to Oregon, plus what looked like a rash of other decommits at the time from the outside looking in. We have to look into these, these verbal agreements and talk about them. And so we went out to check with the source of two of them and talk to the young men who decommitted from Vanguard. And we're going to talk to them about it. And then you'll understand better when you, I think you hear them. Um, <clears throat> it was nice for coach farmer to sit down with us and talk about it, get open up the program and I really enjoyed meeting these young men. And Bryce Langston, who's a defensive end, five-star, going to be all-world as a player, no doubt has an NFL future, just a sophomore. We spent a lot of time with Bryce. We have an interview with him. And Travante Rucker, who's a five-star wide receiver, a terrific athlete, is going to be a big-time player somewhere. And it may be Florida. Don't count it out. The decommit does not mean that they're not going to go to Florida. There's a difference in the decommit and going to the transfer portal, okay? 
These guys are not going to the transfer portal. They're not signed anything. They just got a verbal agreement, which they can change at will, and probably will because they're just sophomores. So we'll, we'll talk to them. Uh, we'll play those interviews tonight, and then Brendan will have time to join me later to talk about what we saw and discuss what social media does to football in terms of the vernacular and language and the communication. It's a whole different world today. And I talked to both the young men about that as well. They're all on Twitter. And, of course, you know what that means. Okay, let's get to a story first before we roll in our um, – our interview with uh, Bryce Langston. Now, keep in mind, young men, 15 and 16, are very nervous about talking. They're shy. It's a difficult interview. I'm not that good at interviewing young kids, but I respect them, and I know they tried hard, and they did pretty well. But you're not going to get a polished athlete from the NFL. You have to understand, these young men don't say a lot. They, they express themselves as best they can, and they really did try to express themselves, and I really appreciate their sincerity and their respect for what we were trying to do. So um, I'll let you see for yourself on that. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and roll in our interview with Bryce Langston, uh, who is uh, quite a young man, uh, and let you see he's a very shy sophomore, a junior to be, and a guy you're going to be hearing about on Saturdays and then Sundays, no doubt. So uh, we'll see if we can make that happen in just a moment here on a Buddy Martin show. Here's Bryce Langston, five-star defensive end for Vanguard and two years, maybe the Florida Gators. Okay, we're here with uh, defensive end Bryce Langston, the Vanguard Knights. He's uh, been busy lately, something about going to school, making some choices. It looks pretty calm around here now, Bryce, but it hasn't been all that calm, has it? No, sir, not really. You're getting calls, you're getting people, you're getting texts, you're, all kind of stuff happening. How do you deal with all that? Um, I just tell them. I just be honest, straight up. Yeah. We're going to find today what you would like people to know about the process, teach us what it's like. But here's where you do your work right in here. Yes, sir. I got all this new gear, coach is telling me. And now pretty soon it will be completely all new Yes, what do you call these machines? Whatever you call them, but uh, you've been known to to do a little work on that. How much? Are you, how yes, much are you pressing now, bench pressing? Three thirty right now. Three thirty. Yes, sir. And I asked you earlier. You have a goal before you leave here to do what? About four twenty five. Four twenty five. Yes, sir. Uh, that's that's a lot, of, a lot of pain in that. Yes, <clears throat> Talk to me, Bryce, about <clears throat> your next two years coming up. Uh, you got a good team. You got a good coach. Play a Miami team next year, Carroll City. Chance to shine. Uh, you're, you're you like to you like to tackle the ball carriers and rush the passer. You excited? I know about your your future. And before we get talking about colleges, let's talk about high school being here at Vanguard and the season coming up. You, were you excited? Oh yes, sir. I'm really excited. What can we expect out of the Vanguard Knights this year? Um, you can expect us to go high in the playoffs even to a state championship this year. I mean, we got great coaches. This is it's a great program. All right, can you tell tell me a little stuff about, about Coach Farmer? Because I know he's a great coach and all that, but I've been hearing that he runs with you guys sometimes. And uh, get, every now and then been able to put his hands on his hips. And you guys like to get after him a little bit, right? Yes, sir. He do. He, what, what we do, he do. 
he don't make us do it by ourselves. He actually does that. Yes, He's not bench pressing any 425, though. Hey, I don't know. I think he can. Really? Yes, sir. Well, he looks good. It looks like you've been working him out pretty good. He's, he's looking good. So let's talk a little bit about what life has been like for you in the last year or so. Had a terrific year last year. You've been getting recruited for quite some time. Take me through the process of when you first started thinking, well, I'm good enough to play college football, and then what's happened to you in that past two years. Um, when I first started, I was good enough to play college football when I got my first offer. And I, it just made me work harder and harder. Well, who, where was it? And who was it? And when was it? Uh, it was Kentucky my freshman year, like, at the spring, I think. Is it? And so you're thinking now this is a different world. Well, how old were you when you started playing football? Um, about seven or eight. I, I didn't even start off playing defense, and I played running back on first hit. I knew you had the rock. You liked to run with it, and then one day you found out you were big enough to be able to dominate, right? Yes, sir. All right, so now this process started. Kentucky was the first. There have been many, many, many since then. Yes, sir. And you've had to make some hard decisions, and not everybody understands those decisions. I know Coach Farmer believes you do what you got to do, you know, what it may be. Let's talk about this whole thing with de decommitment so we understand uh, what it's about. So people who don't know what recruiting's about and, and, and the decommitments. When you decommitted, it wasn't like you were against somebody. You just wanted to have a more full experience. You're young. You've got two more years to go. You don't know what else is out there. So explain to me in your words what that means. Um, I just wanted to get to know all the coaches, get to know, like, the schools, how how it would be, and what's best for me, really. The best thing for me. So you want to see more? Yes, sir. I want to visit, like, because I haven't visited out of Florida yet, so I'm I'm willing to get out of Florida this summer. Any particular place you got in mind, or what did I say? Um, I'm going to try to get anywhere I can, any far as I can. Nothing wrong with seeing the rest of the world, right? Yes, sir. Good luck to you. Bryce Langston. All right. Thank you. All right. Really like that young man. <clears throat> Brendan calls him Big Sweetie. <laughs> Good nickname. He's a, a nice young man. Big, strong, and a coach uh, told me he will play in the NFL. So uh, he's just a sophomore. Boy. So anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and let Dan Hightower chime in. Then we're going to play an interview with um, with uh, our uh, our friend Cassidy about Dan Mullen's comments regarding women, and 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 then we're going to hear later tonight from a guy who was there. Our own Graham Hall is driving back now. We'll be talking to him as well. So let's do this. Let's hear from Mr. Mullen. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Hightower, a lawyer fighting for accident victim justice since 19. 76, thanks for all your kind comments. Appreciate that. A lot of effort went into this. 
and Brendan really worked his butt off. He was grinding since 9 o'clock this morning. So good job, Brendan Martin. Way to go. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Fletch has a good comment. I like this comment. She says, by the way, she's got a good sight. Fletch says, see you in two years, sweetie. <laughs> good comment there. So, uh, all right, so we're going to do this. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> let me uh, let me go say, let's do this. Let's go ahead. i tell you what. Since we're on a roll, shall we go ahead and go with Toronto Rucker next, and we'll save the comments on Mullen for a little later? I think that's what you want to do, right? Yeah, he looks like a Gator is right, Paul. He does, and I, I think it wouldn't be shocked. Um, <clears throat> and we'll get to this comment from Bubba. Bubba, good to hear from Bubba tonight. Uh, and we're going to talk about women and about uh, from, women's point of view. And uh, so we'll get that. Let's go ahead and roll in Travante Rucker. I like this kid a lot. I think he's special. He's very quiet and deliberate, smart, and studies. It was studying film while I was there. Uh, and he can play. He is a game-breaking wide receiver. His coach told me. He could play defense, and if he did, he'll knock your jock off. He hits it. He hits so hard on defense that the coach worries about him getting hurt. So uh, let's do this. I want to go ahead and while we got this going, and let's hear from Trevante Rucker, who also decommitted, and I asked him about that. Don't fright. Don't 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 panic, Gator fans. It's not that big a deal at this point in time. So here's Trevante Rucker, five-star wide receiver from Vanguard. Hi, right, we're here at Vanguard with uh, Trevante Rucker. That name probably sounds familiar to Ocala people because he's got some history with his family here. A uh, long-time legacy football family in Toronto. Now is a sophomore going to be a junior? Yes, sir. Yeah. How'd you get so good so fast, by the way? Uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about your game. May get you to draw up one of your plays. But first, tell us who is Travante Rucker, for those who don't know. Well, I'm a receiver. I'm 17, and I like to play football. Well, you just simplified it right there, but I also know you play quarterback. You like to play defensive back. You got good speed, good moves. You're tough, and you are a five-star, right? Yes, sir. And you, you've been on the recruiting trail, and you've been – you visited a lot of people, a lot of coaches, and still will be doing so. At one point, you had committed – although you didn't sign anything. It's just a verbal deal to the University of Florida. But you and your teammate, Bryce, have decided you want to open up your recruiting, which I don't blame you. I mean, heck, what the heck, if you get a chance to go and meet people and see coaches, whatever. So how's that been for you so far, the recruiting process? It's been good. I mean, coaches hit me up. I'm hitting them up. And I just want to see new things, explore the world. All right, so you've had – chance to rub shoulders with some pretty good football names, some coaches. I asked Bryce this question earlier. What was your first recollection of the first time you realized you were going to be good enough to play college football? And who was the first coach that you met that impressed you? Tomas College was mm -hmm. um, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. He's he's a the quarterback whisperer. He knows quarterbacks, knows offense. He, of course, has gone to Texas A&M. So now you've met a lot of folks since that time. Uh, you're an offensive guy. You want to go somewhere where they can get you the rock, right? Unless you decide to go on the other side of the football. So t I'm going to play receiver in college. Right, you're going to play receiver for sure. Uh, maybe a little quarterback if they ask you to, probably, huh? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Coach tells me that you hit so hard on defense – 
does he hit hard, Bryce? He says, yes, you do. Your teammate, I, that he worries about you hurting yourself on, uh, on the other side of the ball. Is that true? Yes, sir. Okay. Who, who was the guy you model yourself after in your game in terms of who you wanted to be like when you were much shorter? On the offensive side? Yeah. I want to be like Julio Jones, some like Odell, something like that. Back yeah. Well, I mean, those are pretty good guys right there to model yourself. Uh, now, Julio was a lot taller. What are you about? Not, are you six, six feet foot. yet? Six foot. Six foot. Maybe right a little on. more growing to go, maybe? I, I'm trying to get like six one, six two. Hey, unfortunately, you can't. It's like weights. You can't go over the weights and get taller, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just got to see what God blessed me with. Yeah. How old are you now? 17. 17. So you got some growth spurt left, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So, so tell me about your offense. I know you love to catch the ball. Uh, except you play quarterback. Take me to the board and show me Travante's favorite play. And what do you call? Draw it up for me. It's called Hawaii. It's a um, pass. It's a high-low safety concept. It's called Hawaii. He got a drag. He got a dig. And this dude got a post. And he got a go route. And we picking on the safety. The linebackers right here. Okay, the high levels over here. Now, who, which one are you? You're, are you the? I'm usually Y or Z. So you're gonna play slot or well, which one? Yeah. So you're usually the Z. Uh huh. And and your responsibility is what there? Attack the DB inside and then try to make the safety choose me for the dig. All right. Now, how many times have you run that play at Vanguard so far? Millions of times. Yeah. Every, every time, dude. Uh, is this something that someone like Clemson would run? Similar to it, but not all the way, though. All right, so Trevante, we hear a lot about the recruiting experience. Some good, some bad, whatever. Uh, but you have decided to open up your recruiting again and decommitted from Florida. Mm -hmm. But as I understand it, you want people to know you're Still here, you're open for business, you want to look around. Explain your feelings on this. I just want to enjoy the recruiting process and explore the world and meet new people. All right, so so in terms of that message, you're not mad at anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, you just decided that you want to see what else is out there, yeah. and you want to, before you make your final final, and sign on the dotted line when the, uh, the signing day comes around. So just tell me, has it been a good experience? And what else do you hope to experience when you take this open recruiting? It's been a good experience so far, and I want to just get out there and see what's new. Um, if you, how many about how many visits do you think you'll take this year? I'm gonna try to get a lot in in the summer, probably like four or five. Hey, will you narrow your list down here uh, in the next? Well, you got time. You don't have to. Like Coach Farmer said, do what you want to do. But you'll get to some point where you'll make your list up for four or five, and uh, you're smiling because they probably got one of those already, don't you? No, I don't got one already, but I'm just open right now. I'm going to see it on Twitter because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm following you. So if you put it out there, I'm going to see it. So if you want to tell me now, it's okay. I'm just kidding you. <laughs> there he is. Nice kid. I liked him a lot. All right, so there you go. A couple of players. And uh, – We'll be talking to Brendan Martin just a moment about his, his take. While we're waiting on Brendan, I'll tell you real fast about one of my sponsors. I already told you about Daniel Hightower. Here comes Brendan now. I won't have time to tell you, so let's uh, get him up in this room. 
Good evening, good evening, Mr. Producer. How are you? Uh, I've got to crank on some lights here. I got the edit. I got the editing suite. Oh, yeah. I can't see my lights though. Well, you do want me to go ahead and do uh, my commercial? There we go. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. All right. You see my Gator lights, right? I do. It's cool. Looks. They look awesome. Cool. Yeah, looking good. Well, What's we going got on? a couple minutes. Well, played both your interviews. Good job on putting those all together. I know that was a big dilly dilly, my people. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't be on the show tonight. I was down there. I <clears throat> literally just got yeah. done. So you just downloaded uh, uh, Rucker about two minutes ago or ten minutes ago. So uh, we're, we're in progress. So we're doing it while we're on. here's Flash. Your, uh, buddy, your pal Flash says, "Great interview, great job, Brendan." So. What's up, Fletch? Uh, Fletch, yeah, she, Gator Mace. She's, uh, she's our people right there. Yeah. Fletch is uh, mm-hmm. awesome people, just like everybody else out there in the GNK. Yeah. What's up, Lynn? Uh, hey, quick announcement. Can I make a quick announcement? Sure, go ahead. All right, uh, quick announcement that um, we uh, uh, I'd like to w- welcome Quentin Cruz to the moderator staff. Quentin All Cruz, right. right. new moderator of the GNK. There you go. Good job. Good, good. We got a great team, and we are getting closer to our announcement. All right, we got just about a minute and a half. Well, we got yeah, yeah. Go two, we got two or three, um, yeah, yeah. and I'm we'll running be behind on spots. We'll but I'll catch up. It's okay. I, I wanted to get your impressions. I gave mine, um, <clears throat> and um, of the of the experience. And by the way, let's don't underestimate Coach Farmer and Todd. And we got a chance to talk to some other young. There's a running back out there. You're going to be hearing a lot about. And I also talked to Leonard Manuel, who's a five-star and He has committed, told me he's a, he's committed. I'm in on Florida. I'm I'm staying with the Gators. So uh, there's some talent yeah. out there. Yeah, we, we didn't even have time to get to everyone. And like I said, we'll hear from, from the head coach uh, tomorrow night. Coach yeah. Farmer will come in. Uh, yeah, I've got, we've got a lot of great stuff with him. Uh, uh, my, my impressions – I had not been out to Vanguard. Oddly enough, you had not ever been out to Vanguard, I never been which there. I thought was interesting. Yeah. So it was it was kind of cool, uh, uh, you know, if we could do you know just to get out there, but uh, uh, see facilities, see what they're doing, see what Coach Farmer's doing. He's he's pretty amazing guy, and what he's got going on out there. Uh, we were talking. Uh, we, you know, it was great because it was in our backyard. I don't think we ever really thought a whole lot about going and doing that kind of thing as much. But, you know, as we discussed it and then talked to Todd and everything else, it's like, man, we have so much talent right here in Ocala and around our area. Let's go out there. So, you know, to get out there today and to see the guys and then to see the locker room. I mean, it felt it really felt like high school football again. But to go in and sit in the locker room, they were so welcoming. And once we sat there for a while, we got to talk to the these young gentlemen and uh you know you see physically why they're probably a five-star athlete but you can also see mentally why they are five-star athletes i mean their their football cues high they're in there looking at the huddle uh you know uh, watching videos plays and videos, videos and working and uh and so you know those guys but you know just as people as whole they were yes sir uh, they were, uh, thank you, sir. Yeah. They were, uh, you know, and they were honest, you know, and, and I, I went in there kind of like with my gator hat on thinking, you know, all oh, these guys, but you know, I left there thinking, man, I do the same thing. You know, I would do the same thing. So I, I, I mean, th- they've never been out of the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. They've never been out of the state of Florida. Uh, this is a, an opportunity to travel and to see things they've never seen and as we were discussing it this is also an opportunity to go on a road trip maybe that is eight or nine or ten hours away and realize how far away home is uh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going to happen in the next two years for these gentlemen 
uh, you know, it was interesting to see Rucker in his uh, in his Gator sweats today. Um, I'll send you that picture later. But you know, it was just a, all around. Uh, it was a really uh, 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 kind of a, a, a glimpse behind the new face of recruiting and what's happening, the technology and everything else. But you know, really, I felt like these. I I, I kind of feel like one out of two of them will end up at the University of Florida. I don't know which one, but one. I think I think we'll get one of the two. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, recruiting is a blood sport. We'll see what happens. But I, yeah. I, I was impressed with the coach, impressed with the facility, impressed with what they're doing. They're doing a lot with the little. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I, I thought that it was a, it was a fa- fantastic sort of experience. And I'm looking forward to maybe doing some more stuff with them. I know. You got caught up in it. You got all caught up in it. There could be some big things. I might go there. on the road. I know. You Crown got, Prince on the road. Brendan's all up. High school as they say, Brendan's eat up huh? at Vanguard. Huh? <laughs> you want me to go on the road with recruiting yeah. or on the SEC? Yeah. What do you think, guys? Yeah. I'll shoot like a three-day thing. It'll be like my own version of what is it, Hard Knocks? There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to roll this interview here. Um, I'm going to drink my beer. I'm tired. I've been working like 12 go, hours. Go catch yourself up. Great job tonight, Brendan. Thanks for the hard work. And Love you guys. G&K. I'm out. Catch you tomorrow night. All right. Brendan Martin, you got to get some rest. He's been going hard. So, okay. Uh, I want to tell, do this commercial real fast. Commercial read. We'll do Mark's first. Well, let's, let's see. Yeah, we've already done Daniel Hightower. Let's do this Mark's Prime. One of my favorite places to go for the complete experience of dining, food, like service, atmosphere, etc. One of the best restaurants I've ever eaten in. I have to suggest that you try it, especially for that special occasion, maybe an anniversary. Take her or him out to Mark's, get a good meal. I got some food up here someplace. I'm going to try to get on the screen. If I have time, look at this, man. Ooh, Ooh that's truffle fries. You know how good those babies are? They are good. Mark's in Ocala and Mark's in Gainesville. Uh, check out the gift cards they got there, which are great. Get a great deal on those. I always try to get one of those every year, maybe two. Uh, <clears throat> and you can call them for reservation. Excuse me, I got a little hiccup there, a little water, some water here. Um, and uh, call them at 352 336 0077 in Gainesville, Ocala 352 402 Valley Park. And uh, they got all the good food that you like. The finest beef. The beef is wonderful. Freshest seafood, premium wines, naturally fresh vegetables. Uh, it's uh, it's an experience you won't forget. They'll cre- create that unique dining experience for you at Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood. Go see them. Tell them Buddy sent you. Okay. Uh, we're going to go on over here to talk about Dan Mullen. There's some, um, some stories, stuff tonight. Uh, that uh, from Twitter up in Tampa, uh, he he talked about his uh, some of the things he was asked. Uh, he asked about Chris Steele tonight. Here's a quote from the tweet of Graham Hall, who should be on with us shortly. Graham Hall um, tweeted, "Mullen on former DB Gators DB Chris Steele quote: There were a bunch of things that went into that decision, his decision to transfer or decommit, including the desire." to head to the West Coast. Hmm. What school's on the West Coast? Oh, yeah, Oregon. Uh, doesn't want, he, he, he didn't want to add any more detail, but Mullen said UF is trying to evaluate how to do things better, trying to own their part in it, whatever that was. Maybe there's nothing that could have been done, but they'd like to know. Um, Mullen was also asked about his purposes for a trip to California. Megan and I went to California to help him through what he was going through to support him. Um, 
the the controversial comment had to do with women and his policy, and it wasn't intent intended to be that. He was asked about his policy and and well, women, um, <clears throat> and uh, he said uh, that he was asked about what his zero tolerance was on that. And he said, well, he'd like to say it was zero tolerance. But being very honest about it, he said there was a case in Mississippi State when that wasn't so. He gave a player a second chance. We talked to um, our friend Cassidy Hill, who's in Alabama tonight, not in Tampa. We'll be talking in a moment to Graham, let's see if we can find Cassidy's interview, and we'll see what she had to say about it. Out to the hotline, and we'll talk to Cassidy Hill from InsideTheGators.com, who happens to be, like I, watching from afar tonight and listening and watching tweets and social media on Dan Mullen's comments out of Tampa, while most people are focusing on recruiting, decommits, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Cassidy picked up something really interesting tonight. I thought I'd get her view. Good evening, Cassidy. How are you? Good evening, buddy. I'm good. How about yourself? Good. I, I just want to get to this real quick. And and Dan Mullen answered a lot of questions tonight in Tampa. We'll have a little bit more on that. But one of the things that didn't resonate with me, as apparently it didn't with you, was this comment uh, about violence against women. And I'm sort of paraphrasing here, and I'll ask your thoughts about it. He says, ask if he has a zero-tolerance policy or a violence against women, Mullen said. I'd like to say that's my belief, but said it has not been a 100% deal during his career, cites Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State, and how it worked out favorably in that case. All right, take us through that. What's wrong with it? As soon as I saw the quote come across Twitter, I thought this is going to get taken out of context really quickly. Um, and, of course, it did. I, I looked at the – Edgar Thompson is who I originally saw tweet it, and I looked at the replies, and it was already getting a, a negative response. Um, and understandably so if you read it just within the way – if you just read those words. Um, it, it does sound like, what? Wait, what is he saying? But I think if you read the full story and if you take into account the context of the full answer and the question and what Mullen was talking about, it, it makes sense what he's trying to say. Now, because of the way um, social media works and the way quotes come across and the way things are just instantaneous and 280 characters or less, it's hard to get the full story. Um, but that kind of goes to the point of what Mullen was saying as well was, I want the full story before I make a decision. At the end of the day, life is a lot more important than football, but football is what creates life for a lot of these guys. And so it's something that has to be taken seriously, and you don't want to mess with their career and with their life if it is something that needs to be understood. As a woman, it's hard to sit back and say, well, every case is different. Let's take it into account. Because you want to say no one should ever hit a woman. No one should ever do anything violent towards women. That, that should just be understood. And that is understood. But at the same time, I want to feel like I have some sort of 
sympathy or compassion or mercy towards someone who makes a mistake. And I think that's what Mullen was trying to say was, I'm not going to make a snap judgment. I'm not going to make a quick, I'm not going to have a quick reaction to something when I don't have all of the information. And so I think his answer was sort of in a way hedging his bets, saying, I I can't sit here and say I'm never going to give a guy a second chance because I've already done so with Jeffrey Simmons, and I might do so again in the future. Yes, you would like to say my policy it's a zero-tolerance policy with violence against women, but my track record already says I can't, and I don't know what the future is going to hold. And I think if you look – if you look back to the Jeffrey Simmons case, Mullen did say he took into account a lot of extra information that other people might not have had. And he did look at the entire picture and he felt like that was an opportunity to give Jeffrey Simmons a second chance. And he did. And Jeffrey Simmons spent the next three years becoming a, an ideal player and citizen. And now he's taken in the first round of the NFL draft and Mullen got hammered for that at the time. I remember when he took Jeffrey Simmons, it, you couldn't, people couldn't say Mullen's name without spitting. Like, he just was raked over the coals, but he stood by that decision. He felt like he made a decision with all the information he had that was justified and right, and he stood by it, knowing he was going to get hammered for it. That's a great point. uh, A year later, Mm -hmm. it happened again with Nick Saban, took Jonathan Taylor. That one did not turn out as well for him as Jeffrey Simmons did for Mullen because Nick Saban took Jonathan Taylor after he had been kicked out of Georgia and Taylor was on campus less than a month, and he got in trouble again, and Nick Saban had to kick him off the team. So it, it didn't look as favorably, favorably for Saban, Saban as it did for Mullen and Simmons. But Saban said the same thing. I couldn't pass up the chance to give – or I had to give him a second chance if I had that power because sometimes the structure that we can give these guys as the team is what is keeping them – from completely spiraling out of control. All right, great point. And it's good to hear from a woman's standpoint. And you're telling me that you're, you know, not everything can be taken exact 100% because there is that always a 1% or 2%. And this is the problem with social media. It is superficial. And you mentioned out of context. I think we've seen a lot of that lately, especially in the recruiting wars going on. And after spending a day at Vanguard Mm -hmm. High School with some of the five stars who did decommitted to Florida, but still may sign with them, I think that's another example of things being taken out of context. So be careful what you take for granted of being accurate and true when it's on Twitter. Right. And it's going to get used negatively against Mullen in recruiting. Yep. Um, but it's interesting that the schools that will probably use it against him the most are the same schools that have mm-hmm. done the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, these coaches, when they're looking at these situations, Yes, sometimes it's easy to say, oh, well, that guy's just talented and they're going to do whatever they can to keep him on the team. Um, but at the same time, maybe this is just me and my from my point of view. And, you know, I know sometimes with women we're a little bit more sympathetic and it's hard to balance that against saying as a woman you should never be violent or aggressive towards another a guy should never use his strength and power over another woman. But it, sometimes there that are that extenuating circumstances. Sometimes there are. So it doesn't excuse behavior. <laughs> doesn't mean you shouldn't have zero tolerance. But the I think you have to judge it for what you believe to be the truth. 
I appreciate it very much, Cassidy. Thank you so much for taking time off your vacation up in Alabama. And uh, we miss you, and we will talk to you when you get back. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Cassidy Hill, InsideTheGators.com. I think she's sharp. Glad to have a woman who has a viewpoint that goes, what do we guys know? Uh, I like Fletch and what she posts, and she's got some very good points. And she does. She's very active on social media. Here's her comment here. Um, And she says, people are so simple, and Twitter is so full of trolls who won't keep the rivalry on the field. Anyone with common sense should know each case needs to be evaluated. We can't hold everyone hostage for mistakes. These coaches have a bigger job than just being a football coach. Well, that's well well said, Fletch. <clears throat> and uh, thank you for that. It's good to have Fletch and Cassidy and some people who have different viewpoints and come from different places, especially women. We need to hear more from more women here. It's not a boys club here. It's, it's everybody. And Fletch runs a really great site and, and Gator Maine, and she is uh, coming on more and more and making comments. I do want to get Quentin Cruz. He's on fire tonight. Um, he wants to talk about Cassie for a second, about uh, how how she she he's glad to see get Cassie to clarify that I had to call her at the last minute. She's in uh, Mobile or at home, so, you know, having dinner with her mother, just about to go to dinner. And I said, I need you for two or three minutes. She said, Can we tape it now? I said, Yes. <clears throat> so there you go. You know, again, context is everything. It's as a communicator and writer which is what I've tried to be all my life. I can't tell you how much things get mixed up by a lack of context, which is why, and this is not a slam at young people because I love working with young people, especially the ones I got that I work with now. Uh, but I mean, there's some young people out there who just don't understand there's a lot more to the backstory and what is in the backstory affects this story. And you have to have more than one point of view or one tweet to write a story from. You have to have context. If I ever get a chance, again, to publish and write for a, 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 a news magazine or whatever, uh, I'm going to see to it that my part and the people I'm with bring context, bring detailed reporting. Uh, and, and by the way, it's a hard job. I don't care how careful you are. You're going to make mistakes because people will lie to you and you will write it as what you believe to be the case because they said so. And you'll look like you were the one with the egg on your face. So it's it's full of booby traps. But all you can do is the very best you can, which is to try to convey the truth. I know it sounds corny. I know it sounds corny. But the fact is, that is what it is. I've spent a lifetime, three generations trying to convey thoughts through writing, talking, whatever it might be. And it's hard. And it's a dangerous world we live in when we have to really try to get reported things, as Cassie says, in 280 characters. It's a good thing to have that short communication. There's a whole lot more to the backstory. So there you go. <clears throat> so anyway, so uh, I don't want me to preach to you tonight. And thank you for your kind comments. I do appreciate those comments. We're going to try trying hard to do something different, and it's not easy. It's a lot easier, though, to do this. To <laughs> I'd like to say we don't take a vow of poverty, and I don't want to complain about it, but there's a larger mission here. We do believe you do it right, and people will support you. Maybe we're wrong. 
Maybe we'll have to turn the lights out one day. I hope not. We're trying to keep it going. And thanks to many of you, many of you have been so generous. And we're going to take a huge leap of faith here. It's about 98%. I'll know maybe the other 2% by tomorrow. Hopefully by Wednesday I can announce it. And you right here are going to make the difference, by the way. You're going to make the difference. You're going to help us. Do, if we want this, and we want this kind of thing that we've got here, and you who've been doing GNK for a while, you know what I mean. If you want this kind of camaraderie and this kind of, you know, attempt at honesty uh, and trying to take the perspective, not just one point of view, uh, and you want you want that to happen in your world in, in Florida athletics, then you'll want to be a part of this. And I want this to be everybody being. This is like all your jobs. And we'll do it together, which is what we've done here on GNK. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get up on that soapbox, but I just had to say that tonight. I really wanted to get that across. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lynn, you're great. And people like you are why I keep going. Uh, some nights when I go to bed and think, oh, my gosh, what have I got myself into? How am I going to keep doing this on fumes? I said, got to go one more day. Got to go one more day. And uh, people like you and others, Mike, and I could name them off. In fact, if I find the list of people who've been so generous with us, I'll publish it, the ones lately. And I've been a little bit derelict on that. But, uh, again, it's a privilege to serve you. A privilege. And uh, and this we've done something kind of remarkable here. And, and I say we because you have done just as much in making this happen. So it's a great story for us to be able to do this. All right, so let's see if I can find... All right, where is this thing here? Uh, one day I'll get a producer that works all the time, right? Let's do this. Let's post this because and I think I've had people late, even later. Uh, I apologize if, if I've left you off this list. But this is what... This is, these are the fumes that we've been traveling on. And, we did, and we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We stayed long, alive this long to take this next step. Uh, and when we do, uh, and when we do, we'll celebrate this together one day. We'll say, remember when? And it'll be a whole different situation. So um, anyway, uh, I want to make sure I do have the proper people mentioned in here. Uh, and uh, make sure I don't leave anybody out. So um, <clears throat> let's just do this right here. Um yeah, uh, Lauren Meadows. Yeah, Lauren Meadows. I, his name is not in there. I want to make sure that his name should be in there. This is an old oh, last night. Thanks, Lauren. Mike Mahertis. I've been pronouncing his name wrong. I, I mentioned him here. Uh, Dan Bond. Uh, David Baldoff. Mike Mahertis again. Sissy Long. Hope you're doing well, Sissy. I hope your husband's feeling better. Um, Dan Bond again. I'm um Lauren Meadows and Mike Mahertis and, and Steve Young, you folks in the last six weeks have been amazing. You have no idea how much you've helped. One day I'll tell you the story, okay? All right, looking to get a hold of uh, Graham. It looks like he's lost our phone number. So let's see if we can catch up with him and see where he went to. Uh, <clears throat> he's supposed to be on the program now. Uh, and I think I told him that we wanted him to call us. But who knows? Maybe we didn't. Let's see if we can get this, make this work. <clears throat> Graham traveling back tonight with 
Zach from Tampa after their soiree down there to talk about um, <clears throat> Dan Mullen, who spoke tonight. I got a picture here of that, by the way. I'll put that up. Here's, here's Dan Mullen showing up tonight in Tampa right there. I believe that might be him. Hey, buddy. How you doing? What's up, my man? Can't complain. Heading back from Tampa right now after a pretty eventful Tampa Gator Club address from head coach Dan Mullen, where beforehand he did answer a lot of questions that Gator fans have been wanting to know. But afterwards, it was back to celebrating Florida's stature as a top 10 football program and university, which Dan Mullen can uh, give him some credit. He can compartmentalize pretty well after facing the music, buddy. Well, you know, they're they're giving him a hard time around places like uh, I heard today, uh, Andy Staples. Um, and I say giving him a hard time. A lot of negative comments. My friend Paul Feinbaum has been dogging him a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny how quickly it can turn on a word or two, you know. Uh, I'm looking at pictures tonight. Uh, there's one of you or somewhere. Uh, Dan Mullen tonight at the Gator Club in Tampa. I read most of your tweets. Uh, coming away from it, what uh, what was your main takeaway? You said he talked about the issues, and then you said he celebrated the Gators' success. Tell me about the first part when he took some, made some comments, which I read regarding uh, the policies and and the zero tolerance on uh, women. There seems to be some concern by some of the female members. I talked to Cassie tonight that maybe his tweet about zero tolerance. He said he can't really say it's zero tolerance because of Jeffrey Simmons might be misinterpreted. What do you think? I would say that it was a little bit misinterpreted. And I think the key elements of what Dan Mullen was trying to say in alluding to the Jeffrey Simmons issue was that there shouldn't be a blanket policy because often, especially legal issues, do deserve the full just process of playing out. I think everyone out there would agree that if you're involved in a legal situation, you would like the legal process to play out before uh, in the public eye decides whether you're guilty or not. And, and that's what Dan Mullen was trying to say. Oftentimes, they, they have the best idea of who these prospects and who these players are. It's in the Jeffrey Simmons situation, Dan Mullen stressed repeatedly that he had more information available about about Jeffrey Simmons and they did a broader investigation into his side than I think was reported in the media. And all that Dan Mullen was using that example to say was that often these situations, the way they turn out, aren't ultimately things that should undo a, a person's future, let alone a player's career. And until the full facts came out, until the legal process had played out, Dan Mullen doesn't want to be judge, jury, and executioner across the board, which in today's day and age, I, I think that is a wide, a wise policy because many people want to rush to judgment before all the facts are out. And, and that isn't even speaking strictly about legal cases. Oftentimes you think that, that fans and, and people know best and, and more information comes out and, and makes a lot of people look like fools. In this situation, who knows if, if that's the case with either Brian Edwards uh, and Otis Yelverton, but I think Dan Mullen is trying to create a precedent that he's going to wait until the legal process is played out before he determines your football future. But if you have been found to do any wrongdoing, especially crimes against women, because let's be honest, Dan Mullen said he wished he could say that every incident involving a woman, he could say that that was no excuses. 
but he can't, says that's not the case because sometimes more information comes to light and it's best to wait and then act. And and I think that when you look at the situations of Justin Watkins and Darius Lemons, so far, when the legal process has called for it, Dan Mullen has acted. Now, if he does not with Brian Edwards and Brian Edwards is ultimately charged and maybe even convicted of battery uh, and, and Dan Mullen doesn't dismiss him, then ultimately, yes, the calls will be extremely loud for his dismissal and, and the heat will be much hotter on Dan Mullen. And, and after tonight, I think he's kind of doing uh, anything to avoid that, buddy. Yes. Well, we know what's going to happen on the main streets of Twitter. There's anything they can take to use. And there's some people, and Feinbaum has espoused this a couple of times, who kind of inferred that Dan Mullen's gotten too big for his britches and was uh, kind of poking the, the bear up, or as Andy Staples said, poking the dog uh, and, and some of the things he made. I will say this about Feinbaum's comment. He did say he wanted to have more fun, to make football more fun, to lighten it up. And some of his comments may have been misconstrued as trolling, and maybe it was a little bit. So what if it was? I mean, trolling is something relatively new among coaches. There will never be a better one than Steve Spurrier. Exactly. That's that's the point I was going to make, buddy. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Dan Mullen and and running his mouth, and, and, you know, your critics love to to – rub salt in your wounds when you, you, you make yourself look like a fool because of you, something you said in the past. But the fact is, there are far more benefits to continually poke and prod your rivals. And, and I think you and I can both agree that anyone who needs verification of that just needs to ask Steve Spurrier because he's incredibly famous for that, and rightfully so. And, and who's to blame um, Dan Mullen for trying to channel that? Because it, it's one of the things why Steve Spurrier is so revered, his personality, and that's a big part of it. But I think there is a lesson to be learned here for Dan Mullen that you have to keep, to walk a fine line. You have to keep your nose clean if you're going to talk about another program's legal issues. Uh, that That's really where I think Dan Mullen may, in the future, turn down his smack talking. When it comes to Steve Spurrier, the reason his, his timeless jabs are so exactly that, timeless, is because they're so little or they're things he's harping on or just things that are just such good burns but and, and they're well not thought things out. that are going to come back to bite him well, exactly well they're clever things, yeah. Uh, yeah they're clever it's it's and, and if dan mullen thinks that that's what he's doing then then his words are, are much more easier to be turned around on him mm-hmm. uh and and until he gets up to that status of nick saban steve spurrier he, he's really going to be, you know, open field day for anyone who wants to come at him anytime an instance like this happens. Uh, and, and especially his comments about recruits and, and not being there for the right reasons. He was asked about that and if he had hit any regrets tonight. And, and he said that he, he doesn't really have any regrets, but it is a situation where you do have to be careful. And he did double down that uh, what he said about Georgia that you have to be careful with these top 50 recruits and, and how you manage them and, and make sure that you're telling them the right things on the recruiting trail. He did double down and say, hey, I never said that those things didn't apply to us. I was just saying the other programs had to know it. Well, I think that Dan Mullen got reminded that, you know, he's not doing the greatest job, uh, at least the public perception is, he's not doing the greatest job of making sure that his words apply to his own players. Yeah, and I think, uh, do you think Mullen has learned anything in this process with the whole issue with steel and uh, and how you know communication is so important and who knows it might not have made any difference anyway you can't do more than go out and get your wife and go fly to california and apologize 
But, you know, there, there seems to be a foregone conclusion here that he was in the West Coast for a reason. That's where Oregon is. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I, I, I think maybe this will blow past. But this whole idea, the frenetic state of things being what they are with decommits from the 2021 class, as you know, I went to Vanguard today and talked to two of them. And I can tell you that the perception I got, and I spent a lot of time, I spent all morning with them. And them and talking to others there, uh, including Leonard Mangel, who's a defense, who's going to be, who's committed to be a Gator if he can get in school, hopefully. Uh, I spent time with Teronte Rucker um, and, uh, and uh, Bryce Langston and interviewed them. And I came away with a different impression. And mine was strictly this. These two kids want to see the world. And I started thinking about it. Steve Spurrier took every trip he could take before he committed to Florida. I mean, he took about 10 <laughs> trips. He went everywhere. Sure. And you know what? If I was 19 or 18, I'd do the same thing. So this idea that somehow Chris Steele triggered these decommits <laughs> just is not true. Yeah, and, and I was lamenting to someone earlier, buddy, that I'm sitting here at 26 years old and I've never gone farther west than Missouri. Mm-hmm. Who am I if I'm a top you know, 16, 17-year-old recruit, if a, if a school – is trying to fly me across the country only if they feel like they have a serious chance of landing me. If I'm committed to someone 18 months, sometimes two years ahead of time, that commitment may actually be hindering my recruitment. And if you look around, if you ask Travante and if you ask Bryce Langston, the rest of their 2021 classmates, 90% of them of those top guys are uncommitted. So they were in the minority being committed this early. And, and being committed that early, like I said, has its disadvantages. It has its advantages. But it's still far enough in the cycle where mm-hmm. if they wanted to be Gators, there's plenty of time. And they also could find a new home for them. Yeah. If if Dan Mullen really was going to panic about this whole situation, it would be if he had lost any 2020 prospects, which he right. didn't lose any 2020 right. prospects. And the other thing, which I think a lot of people are, are missing, uh, I think Dan Mullen slept okay on Monday knowing that, that Kyer Elam was enrolled and on campus Mm -hmm. if they hadn't got Elam on campus another top 10 defensive back in last year's class if they hadn't got him on campus then then yes we'd be talking about dire straits but but Florida just lost one top corner and added another one Uh, certainly they have to address that position in the future Mm -hmm. but right now the sky is not falling is there work to be done 100% but there's plenty of time and it's the off season for a reason buddy yes for sure uh, one little secret I will tell you, and this is just my perception, and I'm not going to try to persuade anybody uh, to do anything. It's not my job to tell them where to go to school. But I really enjoyed my conversation because I asked uh, Travante, I said, about your, you know, when did you think you were going to be able to play college football and what uh, and what made you decide you wanted to be a receiver, and et cetera. We were just talking, really not even interviewing he said, I saw my son, I went to the, uh, my, my, par- my parents took me to a game uh, my, my freshman year. And I went up to the swamp and I saw that and I saw that and I looked up at the scoreboard and I could see myself up there, he said, as a Gator. Those are strong images that a young kid 35 miles from Gainesville can take with him. They're going to be hard to overcome in his decision making as opposed to someone like Chris Steele, who's a million miles away and never knew what it was like to be around a bunch of Gators. So don't despair. It's not over. Not at all. And, and I think that most of the momentum that Dan Mullen had built early on here, even if you want to be in the camp that says he's squandered it, which which he hasn't in any sense, if you go look at those 2020 class, it's still ranked top five 
2021, plenty of work that can be done in that class for sure. Uh, but a lot of time, like I said, and you talk about Steele, you talk about Trevante Rucker. Those are two players who, who are both ranked in the 40s of 24-7 sports' overall prospects. And you look at how Chris Steele's recruitment played out, multiple commitments uh, toward many, many schools, had, had no shortage of suitors. Who's not to say that in a year Trevante Rucker isn't facing similar prestige? And, and in that sense, we're both all to say that. Clemson, Alabama could be coming after him. It would make a lot of sense for him to look at his other options. And if I'm being honest, if I'm a Florida fan, I would probably take solace in the fact that that Chris Steele's departure was just him seeking, I think, one more bit of confirmation that he wanted to get out. It was not the end-all, be-all, but it certainly uh, was was a sign. And as for Bryce Langston, buddy, you and I both know that, that his decommitment was tied in a big way to Chris Steele, but another one with, with plenty of time uh, for Dan Mullen to fix that recruitment. But right now, I think that their current concerns have to be finding these grad transfers to identify to, to fix the scholarship situation right now. Now with 82 guys, three free scholarships, I would not be surprised if Florida added two guys on the on the line, maybe one defensive lineman and one offensive lineman, because right now, and, and Dan Mullen said this message often tonight, they have to be focused on the guys who are able to come back to Gainesville and contribute for this team in the upcoming season, buddy. Yeah, I know what you said about Chris Steele is true, but I can tell you what I heard, and I asked him firsthand about what this is about. He said, I want to see some of the things. I've never been out of the state of Florida. I want to go all the way out there as far as I can go. He said, that's what I want to do. So it might be, and maybe that's one of the things that he talked to Steele about. So Steele wound up going to Oregon. Uh, and, and, and that could be a factor. But anyway, so, hey, they're 15, 16, 17 years old. They have a lot going on. They have a lot of life to live. This is just a beginning for them. They're good football players. They have a terrific program at Vanguard, and their coach is their best interest to heart. So whatever they do, I wish the best for them first. Absolutely, and, yeah, that's what it's all about. And I think that in this day and age of social media, I'm, this is my daily reminder to tell Florida fans not to at recruits. And, and if you look at – here's something that I was really proud of and I, I would like to see more of just in terms of people. I'm not trying to single a group out. But the message that that Florida fans embraced Dewan Black with after he announced that he would have to Beautiful go to junior start. college Beautiful was was very poignant and very uh, very it was it was heartening to see because in this day and age you like to see that everyone uses social media for negativity and there were a lot of people that really encouraged a young man who's been working hard and and that was that was impressive to see because I think that Florida fans have for a good bit gotten this un. This, this rep of being just harsh to recruits who can't come play for Florida. And, and that was I, – I point anyone who believes that to see that there's some good left in the community there. Good example uh, of what social media works for you. Hey, buddy, thanks a lot for checking in with us and, and keeping us up to date. And we reach over and wake up Zach, will you, for crying out loud? Tell He's had wake. a long day, man. He's I know, had a yes. long day. When he, he wakes up, when he wakes up, tell him I'm talking to our guy tomorrow. He'll know what that means, all right? <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. Y'all <laughs> right. take care. Thanks a lot, buddy. Drive careful coming home now, all right? You got it. I don't it. want anything See to happen there. to two of my favorite guys in the same place. Oh, we're, right? we're moving. No worries. Right. We'll be, be safe. Careful. All right. Thanks very much. Graham Hall is uh, the Minister of Information coming in uh, again to give us a good job. What you call about working, uh, working hard and working late? That's what I love about young men like that. All right. I got to get caught up on a couple of things. 
first of all, uh, folks at Grinders, let me just tell you about them. Uh, or did I tell you? I've, I've forgotten. I don't think I did. Let's just do this. Let's uh, let's uh, just remind you this fine establishment here in Ocala. And let me encourage you to come go to if you're a guy. Uh, even if you're a, a spouse and you want to buy your husband some things, I've got new pictures of clothes I'm going to post here soon. Uh, the folks at Grinders, uh, they've been doing this a long time. And they've been doing it the right way. Um, and there's a reason that generation after generation of people have continuously gone back there to get dressed, dressed up. And uh, they're known for their customer service. They're known for their friendly atmosphere. They're known for the fact you don't get pushed. They don't try to sell you things you don't need. Uh, they have quality clothing. Uh, and by the way, they're cool guys, too. There's a bunch of gators hanging around there. Uh, and uh, it's got a long tradition dedicated to giving you the highest quality of men's clothing at the best price, and you should take advantage of that. If you're down in Ocala, drop by 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard. See for yourself. Uh, they have all kinds of clothes from casual, dressy casual, dressy, suits to sportswear to jeans, uh, accessories. They got all everything you need for that special occasion. Go by and see them today. Stop in 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard in Ocala. See for yourself why there's no other place like it. Grinders Clothing for Men, an Ocala tradition. Since 1962. And my friends over at Renstar, who are so good about supporting this community and things that they we do here, thank you for what you're doing. Um, just let me remind you, uh, you know, their health, our health is also uh, utmost in their minds. They are, they are really doing some great work. And this is a facility we should be proud to have in our community in Ocala. Renstar Medical Research is a premier medical research facility. Uh, and they do studies out there that relate to illnesses we have in our community, particularly things like psoriasis, Alzheimer's, migraine headaches, osteoarthritis, fibromyalgia, all those things. Constantly doing research to help get better treatment for you to fight these diseases. Uh, you're concerned about your memory? A lot of us are. If we're since seniors, which I've been for a while, uh, you hear that word Alzheimer's disease. It's frightening. You see what happened to some people. Dementia, it's frightening. But it doesn't have to be a death sentence, by the way. Just they want you to know that uh, it's important to educate your physicians and your family and your caregivers about what this is, particularly in the outlying areas, in the rural areas. If some of many of you live in the rural areas, uh, you should call this number and find out about treatments and clinical studies. Uh, at 352 <clears throat> excuse me, and you'll find out some of these groups. Uh, you might be able to get a free memory evaluation. You go online to www.renstar.net, find out what it is about Renstar Medical Research, and they say seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. It's been a good show. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks again to the folks out at uh, Vanguard, especially Coach Farmer. And those young men, they're going to do well. i got a good feeling about those young men. Um, and I uh, hope you understand a little bit better about what they're going through. Uh, you can't, I mean, Farmer, Coach Farmer, <laughs> I'm telling you what, this guy, he works for pennies on the hour. Um, and he gets asked to do things. He's a fundraiser. I mean, he's a coach. He's a counselor. His wife as a tutor to the kids. I mean, they do it all out there. I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm glad I went out there. 
I have utmost respect for Coach Farmer. I, I liked him and respect him. I respect him even more. Uh, so, <clears throat> anyway, uh, very, very um, impressive um, group of people. And, you know, let's face it, high schools have a tough go. They, they don't have a lot of money. And they got to go out and raise money to, to have equipment and what have you. Anyway, so um, thanks once again to everybody, to, to our, our guest Cassidy, who I love having Cassidy on, to all of you for the, what a week we've had here. Man, it's been something else, especially to Brendan Martin. He's given it up this week. been hard. So it's been a pleasure serving you. Have a good night, and we will talk to you tomorrow, and we'll hear from Coach Farmer, among other people, tomorrow night right here on the Buddy Martin Show and podcast. Good night, everybody.